Broadcasting live from the Badlands of Texas, you are listening or watching Midnight Radio. I'm your host, Jerry Adams, and we are shooting out our signal from Israel all the way to Northern Ireland. I am so happy to be with you today. We have a sponsor today, and uh, I'd like to thank all of you for being here. Let's go over the sponsor. Very important. For all of your poop sending needs, we have Poop Senders. The ultimate gag gift, it makes people gag. Sweet revenge is finest. How many of you have found yourself in a certain situation dealing with a certain class of <clears throat> people? And you're like, man, I wish I could send them a 50-gallon barrel of monkey shit. Well, you can do that with poop senders. You think I'm joking. No, I'm not. You can send cow dung, elephant crap. You can send gorilla poop, my personal favorite. Uh, commando pack. A combo pack. I said commando, although that would be something else, wouldn't it? That's right, poop senders for all of your poop sending needs. Let's try one now. Let's order one. Do you have people? Do you have a really big shh list? Well, you can fulfill your orders right here. There'll be a link in the show notes, and you can send them a nice, healthy gorilla poop. If you want to know more about this, let me show you. It's guaranteed anonymous. They will ship to your friend, your enemy, a healthy heap of some of the nastiest, sinkest, freshest poop packages that anyone has ever seen. We will not let them know who sent it. Still not sure? Well, use our new cash option. We don't need your name, credit card, email, nothing. There's absolutely no trail back to you. Just complete the order form above. Click confirm. Then use the green pay with cash button and follow instructions on the next page, guys. It's awesome. I've used it before. Every Christmas, I send out, I send out some, uh, usually some gorilla poop to the people that I uh, have a special care for, and also send out boxes of gummy dicks. But that is that's another story. Hello, everybody. I'm glad you're here today. There's a link to everything I'm talking about today in the show notes. I like to say hello to everybody that's listening to us on the pre-stream. Uh, in the live stream, if you're driving down the road or you're at work, God forbid you miss this show, and I don't want you to operate heavy machinery while thinking about gorilla poop So, or trying to watch the picture I just showed of it. But you can listen, and that's what that link is for, so you can listen live. We're working on our, our radio DJs right now. We have four of them. Some of them are listening right now. I'd like to give you guys a shout-out. And... Uh, the pre-show stream that we just had, there's going to be a link to that in the DJ area in our Discord. If you're interested in joining our Discord, there'll be some information about how to do that at the end of the show. Now, also at the end of the show, I'm going to do a video for our DJs of how to put some things together. So that is for you guys, and that will also be in the DJ link, just updating you on that. Now... I want to address something. There were some rumors in the chat room that I was drinking yesterday. Jerry must be drinking. Why is he so damn happy? I don't know why they thought I was drinking. If you look, first of all, if you guys look in the show notes, you'll see that I always have like 8 to 12 links or 12 to 20. I mean, there's so much. It looks willy-nilly. It looks like uncontrolled rock and roll and but, I mean, there's a lot of research and there's a lot of information that goes into the show, and I could not do it if I were drinking. And I don't drink, period, because I always have something going on. I work 20 hours a day and sleep four. But I love doing it, not a problem there. This is what I drink, guys. And ever 
since I've been behind a microphone since 2005, this has been my drink of choice. I actually have a glass bottle tonight, but this is uh, Pellegrino, okay? This is an Italian mineral water. You could hurt somebody with this. I got a glass bottle today. It tastes fresher, though, for some reason. So, no, there's no drinking. But I did listen to it, and I thought, whoa, I'm I'm in a good mood. Why? That is because of the pre show stream it kicked my ass it took all the dark clouds that were in my soul tossed them out and it's like a whirlwind and it wound me up and it threw me and it launched me in here to do the show with you guys and this is the jerry that you get after i do the live stream music has the power to do that music needs to be shared music fights back depression it makes your day better and that is the purpose of midnight radio i know we talk about true crime and other things But if you guys want to help us out, there's information how to do that. I think there's a link for membership. If you want to become a member, you can send a cash app, something like that. All of that money goes to our music radio license. We're working on the back end right here. We're just about ready to get our license. We're hooking our DJs up. So there's going to, we're making it to where there'll be a DJ spinning music on the live stream all the time to give you this music. That is the purpose of this show to share the caring that is why i got a special guest in the audience and i got a special guest in the studio let me introduce her right now hello baby you're gonna have to put your clothes back on before we start the show (laughs) that's right we got mrs midnight everybody if you don't put your shirt on i'm not going to be able to do this show you might want to cover that up i might get excited all right you're gonna say hello everybody hello everybody in chat i'm getting a little bit of echo so should i turn my volume down um i'm getting the echo from me all right say something count to five i don't know one, two, three, four, five. All right, I guess that'll be okay. I'll fix that later, guys. So, ah, that's bad. I'm going to have to do something else. Let me fix this. Great. I'll just, we'll just go with the echo. Now we got a lull in the show, and everybody's like, what the heck's going on? So, everybody, this is my wife in the studio. Oh, I know what the problem is. Hold on. It's a microphone symbol. It's a microphone symbol. There's a microphone symbol down there. There's a camera and a microphone. So unmute your microphone here and then use that other one. All right. Everybody's like, this is a train wreck. All right, I got a question for you guys before we start here. And this kind of relates to this. And uh, Mrs. Midnight, you can jump in here. 
if you got a question. Would you guys feel better if I didn't do a live stream? If I just recorded it and I cut the relevant different stories out and just fed you guys those stories? Let me know. I've been thinking about doing that, not because I don't like doing the live show, but I've been getting a lot of negative feedback. So I just wanted to know what you guys would rather have. So then you wouldn't have like technical difficulties like this. See, I do a live show. I do a live show every day. So you're going to have technical difficulties. If you're listening to, I don't know, uh, Andrew Cuomo or Banfield, you're not going to see the difficulties because all that's pre-recorded. So it gives you guys a false impression of what doing a show behind a microphone is like. Oh, well, they do it without a problem. You know, there's going to be issues. It's okay. But I just wanted, seriously, to know how you guys felt about that. But it's all right. Let me know if if you guys don't want a, a show. You just want the stories. All right. So I'm going to open up the phone lines pretty soon so we guys so we can talk with you guys. And maybe you guys have some questions. Hopefully, uh, Mrs. Midnight's monitoring the chat room. But... Man, do you want to tell everybody how we met? All right, she forgot that her microphone's muted. That's all right, everybody. We'll get this figured out. (laughs) Yeah, the original time we met. I guess I'll start it. I was there in typing class, which if it wasn't for typing class, I would never be in the position I am today. I'll tell you that. I wouldn't be able to assume this position. But I saw... The silliest creature I'd ever seen in my life. In eighth grade typing class. She came in and and the guy I was sitting with, he was my friend. And I asked him, um, he said something to me. I don't remember what it was. I think it was him. I think he said she looked like the little mermaid on steroids. (laughs) Was that it? Unmute your mic. Unmute your mic. Unmute whichever one you got to unmute. No, I wouldn't say that. Okay, go ahead. Go go back to the way you had it. All right. I cannot hear you now. No. All right, guys, we'll be back after this. Uh, something else. I don't know. We'll be back. Hmm. Here, look at look at some uh, monkey poop here for a while. How about that? God Almighty. You did. Now you're on. Perhaps you would like some gorilla poop or... Okay, we're back, everybody. Okay, so apparently the chat could hear me, but you can't hear me. Can you hear me now? Mm-hmm. Okay. So apparently you told him that you thought I'd look like the Little Mermaid. And then he was like, yeah, on steroids or something like that. Wow, that is what happened. I didn't remember. 
and then he dares you to go and tell me that. So you walked up to me and said, hey, Amanda, have you ever noticed that you look like the little mermaid on steroids? And I didn't understand what you meant by that because I weighed like 100 pounds soaking wet, so <laughs> I didn't know if you were making a reference to my boobs or what. <laughs> And I didn't know whether to take it as an insult or a compliment, so I just kind of, like, gave you the sheepish look and walked off. And then I found out way later, like, years later, that it was because he dared you to say something like that to me, so. Yeah, so he dared me to say it. And um, I went ahead and did, you know, but I felt bad about that many years later. I felt bad about doing that because um, I didn't mean it in a bad way. I was just joking. There's a lot of times that people say things that are kind of mean. You know, Iron Dog does it in our chat all the time. I think they're asking, like, why aren't we focusing on potty humor? I'm sorry. If I offend you guys for anything I say or do in here, you can not watch and come back later or watch something you'd enjoy more. I don't have a problem with that. Um, so yeah, I wanted to show you guys my, I wanted to have a discussion with my wife and have a discussion with you tonight. I was thinking maybe I should have slapped this on members only. And if you guys think I should do that, please in the chat, let me know. Um, and it is possible we'll have technical difficulties from now and then, but yeah, I felt really bad about doing that. I felt like I shouldn't have done that at all because God, you know, I didn't mean it in a bad way. Sometimes we we say things and we don't mean it a certain way. But she didn't take it bad. That's why I was impressed with her. And that is why we were together today. Because it was that same day. I'm not going to tell you the whole story. But she just smiled like it didn't bother at all. And I was impressed with that. And I remember something else happened in the class that day. And everybody was lining up to leave. And uh, people were teasing her really bad. And she didn't care. You know, she just left and man, she went through, you went through some of the worst things in, in, uh, junior high that I'd ever seen anybody go through at all. Well, I did get picked on a lot, but most ginger kids do get picked on a lot. So it was pretty normal for me anyway. Yeah. They're asking, they're, they're asking if you're, they're asking if you're a ginger. Yes. All right, how's the chat room going? Let me let me check. If they're not enjoying this, we'll we'll put this on. Uh, we'll put this on. Um, this is personal to me, guys. I'm sharing my wife, so. All right. We're also in art class. We had an art class together. I remember getting you in a whole lot of trouble. I think it was our first day in this art class. Maybe if I back off the mic a little bit. It was our first day in this art class, and she sat right beside me. And uh, I asked her a question. You know, I was, I, was, I was excited to be able to sit by her, ask her a question. And she... 
answered me right when the teacher walked in. The teacher saw her talking in class. So then she got moved all the way to the far corner of the class. You know, I didn't get to sit by her again for the whole time. Feel free to jump in if you remember something I don't. But um, I got you in trouble. I almost got you kicked out of school in that class. Hmm. No, I remember, Tom, that you threw paper wads at me. And then I picked one out of my hair and threw it back at you. And right then the teacher was walking in. And she got real mad, and she wrote me out a pink slip that said I was throwing objects. And then I got real in real bad trouble when I went home. And after I got swats and got in real big trouble, I told my mom what happened. And she was like, well, hell, the way that teacher wrote that slip, it looked like you threw a desk or something. And I'm like, well, that's why you ask questions before you punish somebody. <laughs> but, you know... My parents were pretty strict, so they punished first and asked questions later. <laughs> Some people are just coming in here and asking, who is this? This is Mrs. Midnight right now. I wanted to talk to her and talk to you guys. We are having an audio issue. Um, let's see. It's kind of irritating me really freaking bad, and it's throwing me off. It's throwing this whole show off, this audio issue that we're having and I can fix it. So let me figure out how I'm going to do that for you guys. Um, I'm going to be pulling this video down after the live. So if you're not here watching it live, you're not going to get it. Um, and maybe I'll leave it for members only. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to find a video that I can play for you guys and do that while I fix the audio. All right, guys, we're almost back here. Sorry, just some things we need to sort out here. You're not going to be able to rewatch this. We're just going to do this live once, and that's it. All right, we're going to do a sound test here. All right, Mrs. Midnight, count to five for me. One, two, three, four, five. Is that a lot better, guys? I think so. All right, we're back. Where do we leave off? Man, all right. So we were in junior high. I got her in trouble. So I was sitting there at the art table, and, um, man, she had this long hair. It went all the way down to to what? Way, way below her back. We'll put it that way. And um, I didn't do it. I did not start this thing. I didn't start the fire. It's been turning since the world's been burning. Somebody, the guy sitting next next to me, I'll name him and shame him. His name is Adam McLaren. I think he's still alive. He had all these paper wads like pointed to her head, and he took it and he flicked it, and it hit her in the it hit her hair. And I thought, oh, that's awesome. And then I did I did one. You know what? No, no, no I'll take that back. He didn't even do it. I flicked one. He had him pointed towards her, and I flicked it, and it caught in her hair, right as he was going to flick one. He didn't flick it. 
I did, but it looked like he was about to flick it right when she turned around and she saw that he did that and she threw something at him right when the teacher was walking in. So that's what she got in trouble for. Man, I got in trouble all the time. And there was another time and this was, this was, uh, not my fault. Actually, I don't think I had anything to do with this. Somebody was sitting right next to her, you know, on the other side. And I, I don't, do you, what did he say to you? Because you said, stop your shit. You just turned right to him and said that. I don't remember what he said. Well, hell, it's a hell of a conversation. You don't <laughs> I don't remember. You don't remember. You remember everything. I don't remember that. Well, he said, stop your shit. And and then uh, that's right when the teacher walked in, you got in trouble. You had to bring another note home for cussing. Yeah. And you 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 like said it loud. Eighth grade, she had a potty mouth on her. Well, I wasn't allowed to swear at home, so I did it at school. Man, it was so awesome how it was stuck in your hair, though. I mean, it was perfect. The static cling and everything. I got you in trouble in other ways, too. Well, then, I, then when I got you pregnant, but that was many years later. Well, I was damn near 40 when that happened, so. It, 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 takes, it, it takes a long time to do it right. <laughs> See, uh. Somebody in the chat was saying that I sound way louder than you now. Do I still sound way louder than him? I can adjust that. Well, I scooted my mic, mic back a no, little you, bit. No, no, no. You don't touch your mic. You let me know and I adjust the levels. Okay. Is that better, guys? Do I still sound a lot louder than him? Go ahead and count to five for me. One, two, three, four, five. Is that better, guys? I don't know. They're talking about Ann Taylor. Uh, I do have some information about Ann Taylor coming up. Uh, We'll talk about it. No, it's perfect now, but there is a slight delay. All right. We didn't get married till 40 years later. 40 years later. It wasn't 40 years later. 25. I think it was like um, 20 years later. Because we got back in touch like 17 years later. And then we were together almost three years before we got married. So it was about 20, 19 or 20. Yeah, after our starter marriages. <laughs> I never thought of calling it that. Don't most people have a starter marriage these days, though? Everybody our age does. Uh, I think I know why, and I could be wrong. I'd love to hear from our audience about this. Um, I think it's because of the woman. I think it's the woman's fault. (laughs) I I do. I think it has to do with hormones. I think by the time you get 40-something, and women have a little more testosterone, and they start, I don't know, reaching out on social media platforms and... Their husband's just not quite doing it for them the way they had before. And he doesn't give a damn. He's tired of her anyway. I don't know. I think, am I right? Is that what happened to you? No. What? Well, I don't know if you want to talk about what happened. Well, what happened to me was I was 29 and I wanted to get married before I was 30 and he was nice to me, but I don't think I really loved him or not the way he loved me, I thought I did, I guess. And then I realized after I'd been with him for a while that I couldn't just fabricate feelings I didn't have. I think women in the U.S. 
think that once they hit 30, they're like not, they're not good anymore. <laughs> like, like if you don't get married by the time you're 30, then you're all used up or something. In other countries, it's less than that, you know. There's a comment in the chat room say midnight. Some people say there's a woman to blame. Uh, I, I, there is a woman to blame because of this. And I, I really, 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 there's two women to blame. And I believe our art teacher having moved you in that art class, I think if you were staying there and you were able to sit beside me and we were able to talk about something like that, we we're able to talk and your, your mother, they, pulled you out to homeschool you yeah i remember that last day of class you know you'd never mentioned that i was the best artist there either you know so whatever you didn't give a shit about art and you sucked at it what what are you talking about it was obvious i'd take my artwork very seriously (laughs) to this day it takes me about five hours to do every thumbnail you guys just don't know and I take it very, very serious. I'm a very, I'm a serious minded individual, especially when it comes to art. And I think when I look at a nice painting, you know, especially if it's a cityscape or something like that, I'm, I'm asking myself the question, you know, where are the weeds and the grass growing in the sidewalk? That's all. I call it attention to detail. Okay. We'll and call it that. Well, well Really, you don't think I was good in art class? Do you want to talk about this more, or do you want our audience to infer? You didn't care about it. You just, it was like you had to pick an elective, so you picked whatever was least appalling, and you just kind of breezed through it. Like, I don't know. I, I took that decision very seriously before I signed up for that class. I wanted to know about all the French masters. Well, ironically, I signed up for choir, and then they said only four kids showed up for choir, so they had to change it, and I picked art as like a second choice out of desperation, and then I excelled at it. I'll have you know that I was the third person that signed up for choir, and that's why my dream my dream ended, and I'm behind a microphone now, and not singing. <laughs> You gotta admit my art projects were awesome. I don't mostly remember your art projects. I remember your shenanigans in art class, not art projects. What shenanigans did I have? I, I think know. I think I'm always the same person, whether I'm here now or if I was in junior high, I'm the same person. Yeah, there's a there's a big part of your personality is it's the same person you were at twelve or thirteen. It doesn't come out all the time, but. I remember that school was over. It was the last day of school. And you were right there outside telling the teacher that you were going to be there the next year. And I stopped and I talked to her and talked to you. You know, I hope you have a good summer and I'll see you next year in art class. Yeah. And you were very purposeful. And I, I thought it was so damn nerdy. And I didn't tell everybody what a big nerd you are. But told the teacher i intend her name was miss farrell by the way i intend to sign up for your art class next year yes i did tell her that and then uh, she says well that's good amanda and all that and i go yeah hell yeah i am too 
this is some awesome shit. And are you are you are you about to cry? You have memories over here? No. You getting? She's getting. But my teach my mom like took me out of homeschool because some lady at church convinced her that that would be best and then it would be easy to do. So after that year, I was in homeschool. Somebody convinced your mother to homeschool you. Yes, and I was really mad, and I kicked and screamed the whole time, but I ended up being homeschooled after that. All I know is that I showed up for art class the next year, and you were gone. I, didn't, I never saw you again until, I don't know, I was working at a, what was I working at? I was you were grocery, working at the grocery store. I was a grocery store bag boy, guys. That's how I started. It's probably how I'm going to end, too. <laughs> Y'all think I'm bullshitting, but I try, damn it. I try. All right. So do you want to tell me about that? So when we start talking about something, do you want to fill it in the gaps of what you remember on your end? I guess so. I'm trying to. I remember, I remember sacking the groceries there and this uh, red haired woman and her daughter came up and the daughter had a red face that wouldn't stop giggling. I'm like, what the hell's her problem? Who is that? And then your mother said, uh, "She what'd she say? She's like that. or she, she made some kind of apology for the actions of her daughter. That's all I remember. I don't remember. I don't remember what she said. But I remember I went through a phase when I was about 15 or 16 where whenever I would be attracted to somebody, I would not be able to speak to them. I would just, like, giggle nervously. I thought I had a booger hanging out of my nose or something. No. I kind of feel like I do now, too. That's, that's what I thought. I'm like, okay, well. And then I, then I figured out it was you. I'm like, well, what good is that? I can't talk to her or anything. She's not. That was the last I saw you for 20-something years. No, it was 17 years. 17 years, okay. Yes. It's been 20-something now. Hey, somebody in chat says, <laughs> um, I didn't know that grocery stores hired radios. I'll have to apply. <laughs> Because <laughs> you're midnight radio. Yeah, I mean, here was my job. You know, my job was this. Maybe you guys heard it back in the day, all right? Ba-da-da-da-da. Ba-da-da-da-da. Bow-bow. Ba-da-da-da-da-da. I would just sing that in the mic. And I would just go like that all day. All right, let's bring up some of the stories we have today. Let's bring up the story about the breast milk. Oh, my God. Are we going over this again? I'd like to just a little bit. Why? Why? Because we're giving away some free cornbread. No, we're not. How many of you guys signed up for cornbread? You're so full of crap. What's your special, what's your secret recipe? The fuzzy-headed motorboater wants to know. totally don't want to talk about it what you use jiffy cornbread mix and follow the instructions that's the secret recipe it was two cups of breast milk in those instructions no there's a third cup for each jiffy package three cups unless you're using it to make dressing and then you don't want the jiffy because it's sweet you want the plain kind you make breast milk dressing i did one time you made breast milk dressing was it buttermilk you always, you already told everybody about that. Cornbread. You're talking about cornbread. I was talking about dressing. No. 
I just want people to know that the stories I tell are true. I, that's it. You know, it's a social commentary, though. It is a joke. It's based on facts. It's a social commentary. And the, the commentary I was trying to make was this. People think it's gross about breast milk. There's somebody on there that said breast milk should, or for children, it shouldn't be given to anybody over the age of five. And that's the doctor's recommendations, right? But it's okay to drink milk from a cow that's supposed to go to a cow over the age of five and more. So I was making a social commentary about the society and how corporations have advertised that milk makes a body good no matter how old you are. All right, moving right along, there's more calcium in broccoli and there's more calcium in spinach. So somebody says, where do you buy that? Buy breast milk? No, where do you buy the Jiffy Cornbread, I'm assuming they mean. They come in little boxes at like Walmart or most grocery stores, but they say corn muffin mix on them instead of cornbread mix. But they have a recipe that's for just, they call it Johnny Cake, but it's cornbread. I'm pulling up Discord right now, and I'll tell you why. If you're from a foreign country, let's say Ireland, and you want to call in, you can call me in call through discord so i'm bringing that up now seeing anything i might have missed i know i have some articles on here i wanted to go over all right let me go into our idaho four all right here we go because I do want to play this for everybody. I think this is a hell of an interview. I have an email about this I want to pull up too because it's from an expert who's dealt in these matters before. All right, let me pull up that email first and I'll read it to you. Man, I'd like your input too. This is about the conflict of interest and her name is, I don't want to say her name wrong. Hold on guys. All right, let me read this email to you first. Nothing like, all right, I speak from experience, from firsthand experience when I inform you of the following. I had my attorneys come to me and seek my approval when taking on a new client, which is involved in ongoing legal matters with me and my company. I had an ongoing legal matter with a financial institution. The local district office wanted to retain my attorneys to represent them in other matters. Obviously, this posed a definite conflict of interest. I have also had real estate transactions in which I sold several millions of dollars of real estate property to an individual who also so happened had my legal representatives on retainer. In those instances, we both signed a waiver agreeing to be represented by the same attorneys. However, 
Said conflict can be circumvented by my execution of a waiver wherein I allow my legal counsel to represent the other party. Of course, attorney-client privilege still applies in these circumstances. I do recommend that someone who finds themselves in this situation obtain outside or additional counsel to represent them soon, as soon as the need arises. In this matter, with Zana's mother, if she executed or will execute such a waiver then any conflict of interest can be circumvented. I really don't see any dis- disciplinary action being taken against Ms. Taylor. I would like to point out that the laws and regulations governing such practices vary from state to state. As for the situations I speak of, the governing state is California. I hope this makes the situation a little bit easier to understand. And that was before this video that I'm about to play for you came out. And it's from your girl, Banfield. Oh, come on. This is Murphy's Law edition of Midnight Radio. Sorry. Go, Ashley. Been conflicts of interest with attorneys for far less than this. I mean, let me give you an example. If you think that perhaps some point you want to divorce your spouse and you have a conversation with an, a couple of lawyers... Your spouse can no longer retain any of those lawyers just because you had a conversation. So this woman, Kara Northington, whose daughter was violently murdered in Idaho, one of the Idaho four, those four students killed in Moscow at the University of Idaho. She is now facing the reality that the person she trusted most with four of her cases is now representing her daughter's accused killer. Here's that conversation. So Kara... What was your first reaction when you learned that your former attorney is representing the man accused of of killing your daughter? Uh, I am heartbroken. I'm heartbroken because I trusted her. She, uh, she, you know, pretended that she was wanting to help me and, um, and to find that out that she's representing him, um, I can't even convey how how betrayed I feel. Have you had a chance to speak with her about this? No. No, I haven't spoken with her. I found out uh, through a friend who found it on Reddit. You found out. You found out through a friend through social media. You weren't notified by um, Ann Taylor, your attorney uh, herself. Right now. Uh. And have you tried to reach out to her? Uh, no, I just found out today, literally. So, yeah. So, um, I mean, just so many thoughts. Uh, it, it's so it's so incredible that there is this this connection. Are you going to try to fight this at all? Uh, well, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yes. Because, as I understand it. Uh, this would require a, a waiver, something that you sign and that, that he would sign in order for her to go ahead and be able to, to do this uh, legitimately. Um, I can imagine the way your reaction uh, is that you, you are not interested in signing a waiver to allow her to continue on. Right, exactly. And, and, and I'd already given her power of attorney. I'd already signed over power of attorney so that she could help me with, um, with getting into rehab and, and whatnot. And, um, so, I mean, I, I, I don't understand what, how she could do this. I don't understand what happens now. Does she still have power of attorney or, 
or what goes on now? And no one has reached out to you from the public defender's office to, to help you navigate next steps? No, no. Have you been in um, communication with the police and prosecutors about the next step in, in this process and where you might fit in? Uh, no, no. And do you want that? Do you want to be in communication with them to, to understand what's happening and, um, and, and what they're going to be doing as they move forward in prosecuting him? Oh, yeah, 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 yes. So no one has reached out to you? No, uh -uh. not the prosecutors anyway, no. Who have you spoken with? Um, I've honestly just media has been getting a hold of me. Do you feel like you're being left out of this process? A little bit, yeah. Had you ever heard the name Brian Koberger before? No, I have not, no. And do you know of any connection at all that he might have had with your daughter, Zanna? I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine that she, that she had any connection with him. He's quite a bit older than all of them. Um, and, and all of their friends, really. I mean, they didn't really hang out with a lot of older people. So um, I, I don't know if they, if they knew him or, I mean, they, they could have because he, he did he did attend school um, at WSU, which is another thing. He do, he, my oldest daughter, Jasmine, attends school at WSU. And so the fact that the, the law enforcement knew who he was from the get-go and didn't warn us to keep Jasmine home from school. That just, I'm, be, uh, I'm just beside myself. And Jasmine was at WSU for the whole seven week period. Um, yes. From the, from the murders to the arrest. She was there the whole time. Yes. Yes. What's her reaction to this Ben? Um, I haven't spoken with her about it yet. Um, but I, I mean, I can only imagine, you know, um, um, she, she was adamant about going to school. She wasn't going to let this keep her from going to school, but I think it would have been different had she known that, um, Santa's killer was going to school with her. From what you know, no connection that, that you know of anyway, but between, um, Koberger and, and Zana, do you think it's possible that he may have connected with Zana and Maddie, uh, through the mad Greek restaurant where they worked? That, that is a possibility. I mean, uh, I'm sure they connected with a lot of people that way. And um, that, that could very well be um, how, how they connected with him. Thank you. For thank you, Ashley. I'll talk to you later. I'd like to thank Ashley Banfield and News Nation for letting me use the clips on the show. I appreciate it a lot. So somebody asked in the chat room or made a comment about the mother never saying anything before she has, she put out a statement before after her mother's, after her daughter's death. Uh, something else I'd like to point out is somebody told me, and I, I haven't seen it myself. So you guys let me know about her mother being a fugitive right now. I heard that she jumped bell. Is that true? What's going on with that? Amanda, what, what is your hot take on this? The conflict of interest. I definitely see a conflict of interest here. But I believe this is not going to be an issue. It's going to, well, we're just not going to address. It's going to go away. Shut up, slaves. Nothing to see here. Well, 
I feel bad for Zana's mom because she clearly has some issues, but, and I think that if it's at all possible, if there's a conflict of interest, then somebody should recognize that and not do things that cause a conflict of interest. But it depends on the circumstances. Like in small towns, for example, there might be only certain people that can do certain things and it would be impossible to not have a conflict of interest. But if it's at all possible, then they should, because it could hurt cases. Somebody in, somebody in the chat room says it's a boss. She's a fugitive in two separate counties right now. Yeah. So the fact that she was able to even uh, talk to Ashley, you know, I think it's something. But, yeah, she has made statements before about this. So speak about the conflict of interest. There definitely is one there. It's pretty clear that she wasn't released from Zana's mother before she started uh, defending Brian Kohlberger. That being said, I don't think they would have had anybody there in that area to do that. So she might just have to start the defense and maybe move on. I don't know. We need a legal expert here. We have somebody here that knows about this. Uh, Cooper. Cooper's not here. And I haven't seen Echo in a while. So, yeah. I think the, is the defense going to bring this up? That I'm the one that's a conflict of interest? Is the prosecution going to bring this up? No. I think it's going to be swept under the rug. That's what I think about it. And I do think there is an issue there. And it's just something that will go away because... If it involves a system, maybe it'll be grounds for appeal is what I believe. I believe if nothing at all, then there's grounds for appeal for Brian. All right, I'm going to play a voicemail message. I'm going to open up the phone lines. Hey, this is Taylor. Uh, I'm basically calling you because I have a fan next to me that's interested in the old murder reports. There has been a current survey basically in the past week where a man of 30 beat an 89-year-old death in the hospital with a walking stick after drugs. She would be thinking it's in your interest. So out of favour to her, I said I'd ring you up and give you the details because of the whole history of heroin, um, rehab, there's a point he was a getaway driver before he was a murderer, and he had a whole history in uh, work areas in terms of psychology. Here's a bit of background to yourself on how these things happen. And, well, and Jerry, I do have to say, Liz here, by the way, everyone, Irish Liz. And Irish Liz, everybody. Cooper, he used heroin. This guy basically used heroin during these murders. This guy has done the same thing. Has it gone rampant or not? I don't know, but I uh, would love your input. And hey to everybody um, in the Midnight Radio group. It says it, it sounds like she said hate, but she said hey to everybody in the group. That's Irish Liz, everybody. I'll bring up that story here in a minute. It's about a murder in Ireland, and we're going to go over that. i got one more message right here. 
Hi, Jerry. It's little Jay. Just want to call and say we missed you so much. We're glad you're back, and it's so awesome to hear your humor. You are the funniest guy. Thanks, Jerry. Great show. Bye now. I'm not exactly sure who that is. All right, so let's let me bring this uh, murder from Ireland up, guys. Breaking from right here. If you guys are in Ireland and you want to call me, you can do it through Discord. If you're a member of our Discord, I just learned it makes phone calls. So how about that? I guess you, I guess you, I don't know how it works. Maybe it doesn't make phone calls. I don't know. Check it out. Maybe you can. If you see me on there, try to make a phone call. All right, here we go. I got to pull this up. All right. All right. All right. Here we go. I think it's funny how the YouTube algorithm lumps all the Irish people together. It's like, oh, you're Irish. Oh, you want to you want to check out this midnight radio guy? Why? Why, why, why would I want to do that? Man charged with murdering Matthew Healy, eighty nine, in Cork Hospital. It follows the investigation into the death of Matthew Healy, an eighty nine year old retired farmer who died following an incident at the hospital on Sunday morning. Dylan McGee, 30, from Churchfield, appeared on Tuesday before Cork District Court, charged with murdering an 89-year-old patient at the Mercy University Hospital in Cork in the early hours of Sunday. Wow. Detective Maurice O'Connor arrested Dylan McGee at 30th Churchfield Green Cork and brought him before... Courtroom one at the courthouse in the morning. It follows the investigation into the death of Matthew Healy, an 89-year-old retired farmer and widower from Barings County, Cork, who died following an incident at the hospital on Sunday morning. Mr. Healy was a patient in the hospital at the time. Detective Garda O'Connor formally cautioned the accused man that he did not have to say anything, but that whatever he might say would be taken down and given in evidence. He made no reply after caution. The charge states that on January 22nd, at room number two, St. Joseph's Ward, Mercy University Hospital, he did murder Matthew Healy, contrary to common law. That shit's not allowed on the night shift. On the application of Sergeant Pat Lyons, Judge Olin Kellner, K- Kaler, Keller. how do I say that? All right. He, are you over there? Or you're looking at your phone? He remanded the accused in custody until January 30th. Solicitor Frank Butmer was appointed to represent the accused on free legal aid. He said the accused had been on a disability allowance and was now in custody. He has certain medical difficulties of a psychiatric nature. I would ask that all necessary medical treatment be made available to Mr. McGee in custody. Mr. Is it Butmer or Butmer? Said. Judge owned. I would say it's probably Butimer. Butimer? What about Owen Kilmer, Keller? Am I saying that right? Uh, it might be pronounced Keller. It might be pronounced... I think it's Keller. Kelleher. Keller. Uh, 
he acceded to this applicant saying, I directed all necessary medical treatment would be made available to him. This is the man whose life was taken. Why would he take his life in the hospital? Well, we're going to find out. He had mental issues. They were both in the same hospital. Judge noted that, Judge Keller noted that there is no jurisdiction for bail to be given at district court level on murder charge. If an accused person seeks bail, the application has to be made at the high court. The accused, who has a beard and wore a gray hoodie, black pants and gray runners, was not required to speak during the brief hearing. Several members of the accused man's family were present in the courtroom one. Hospital management said that counseling services were being provided to patients and staff affected by the incident. It's kind of interesting. Irish Liz contacted me about this and she said she has a source who knows the man who committed this murder and he's willing to speak with me. Of course, I'm going to keep his name secret and I don't know if he's still willing to speak with me because I was not able to speak with him last night. But it's um, he has an interesting story, an interesting background, so maybe we'll hear a little bit more about that. I'm going to go ahead and open the phone lines to talk to you guys. If you guys don't want to talk, we're going to go ahead and end the show. Ah, i got a couple phone calls here. So you guys do want to talk, great. Um, Not much, not much. I think I recognize this number. Hey, Jerry. Hey, Mrs. Jerry. Uh, just call in real quick because the chat is blowing up right now. I know there's not a technically a legal dilemma or conflict of interest in this case. I just think everybody's upset because we're all so like struck by it. It's such a horrible, awful loss to where we realize that there is a moral conflict there to where any mother would have an objection to being represented by the same woman, even if she does have a law degree, representing the alleged murderer of her child. Uh, I just want to clear that up. Um, no fighting. Peace and love. Midnight caller line. Could you do me a favor and mute your device? Sorry. Oh, shit. All right. Who am I speaking with? Grant, mate. Um, from Adelaide. I just didn't want you to stop the show. Oh, okay. Well, I kept it going. Well, good. I've been waiting for you to call me. Where you been? Working? Uh, yeah, I've, yeah, I've been watching the show, though. Um, I know you took a few days off. We yeah. missed you. Yeah, I took a few days off because I'm working on a, a really awesome documentary right now that'll be coming out next month. Can't wait. Oh, well. So what, what, what do you think about this conflict of interest? The problem that the woman has, well, it's obvious that the she's not being represented right now. She doesn't even know who's representing her. She didn't fill out any paperwork that it was okay to not be represented anymore by her attorney. She, she got the cold shoulder. That being said, she's also a fugitive on the run right now. So it's not like she has because an address. Of because of it. 
No, she's not a fugitive on the run because of it. She's she's a fugitive on the run because of her own decisions, and I I assume she jumped yeah. bail. Okay. So so that's that's another part of the story that's not being talked about because she's wanted in two different counties. She's hiding out right now, so she's not going to be conversing with the attorneys or anybody else. She's on the run. So I think that she's distraught. I see where the. There probably won't be a conflict of interest because the lawyer wouldn't have had a chance to talk to her yet because she's on the run. Mm, I hope Banfield's watching or listening. She's always listening and watching, just not to this show. That's all right. <laughs> uh, she listens to this show. She might. She might at least once. I hope. I hope she uh, listens to one of the good ones and and not you know. What do you mean one of the good ones? <laughs> well, I just, I don't want her to tune in and the first thing that she sees is the sponsor poop senders. You know what I mean? Like, well, what the hell is this? <laughs> and I think I made a comment one time on, on one of the videos about her having a flat chest. I really hope she didn't tune into that one because I didn't mean it in the bad way. I honestly think she takes it with the grain of salt you deliver it. Yeah. Actually, I've 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 grown to like her. Actually, so have I, and only through your show. Me, me too. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. The more I see, the more I like. Um, yeah, yeah especially, especially that um, delivery she gave you. No makeup. I think she looked beautiful. I thought she did too. I was shocked, and I guess I thought about this today. You know, and it the answer didn't come into my brain until today. I was wondering. Why do they put makeup on her like that? And I thought, well, maybe they do it to make her look more serious, you know. And then once you start, it's not like she can. I mean, it's such a specific makeup style, you know, with the dark eyes. And it almost looks kind of like a jack-o'-lantern where it's pointing up uh, the darkness on her (laughs) eyelids. And it's not like she could come in tomorrow and have it changed after that, you know. Makes her look like a serious-minded individual. It's hard to come back from that. Yeah, and it's like you say, everything's not what you see. It's um, you make a mistake today, and we see it. Um, technical difficulties. We, you know, it's all it's all magic and mirrors. Yeah, it's magic and mirrors. And I think everybody that watches the news, they have a false perception of what it's really like. You know, well, this show, I just do it live and I give it to you guys. And I leave it up. And yeah, people are like, well, you don't do it like they did it. I'm like, well, if I did that, it would be completely different. It wouldn't be the same thing. You know, I put it up here. Warts yeah, and all. It's, it's exactly true, Jerry, that from your show, we get the honest truth from there, from the so-called real media it's a lot of bullshit that's it's a lot of stuff that's lies and tricks and mirrors and i realize uh i think i might have an opportunity to actually interview ashley banfield and i I was thinking about what would i talk to her about i get probably about 15 minutes and i was thinking about that and the answer to it is this, because just like you, you and me, we know that it's smoke and mirrors and uh, they have to sell a product, you know. I mean, their, their, their shows have to generate money, so they have to have certain things and do things in a certain way. And they have to keep talking about this Idaho 4 case, which I don't necessarily have to do. And um, 
just I want to know what it's like for her, and hopefully she'll answer this, when she's there and they have to talk about Idaho 4 again. A really good example would be when she had that, that clip where she was talking to a reporter that talked to the delivery driver. And the only thing that happened is they were talking about their meal that night. And you, she had to play that up like it was a big thing, you know. I can just see her behind the camera before it starts rolling saying, God, we got to talk about this again. Man, this is nothing, you know. Yeah, I, I see them. They put up these talking heads, ex-SBI agent, ex-this, ex-that, and they talk about nothing, absolutely nothing. That, that was another issue I had. That's Coffin Daffer. Just because it's just a title, ex-FBI agent, and she's not saying anything that anybody with common sense couldn't play the role of, you know, ex-FBI agent and say. And I don't, I feel like there's no information there. I think I could call you an ex-FBI agent, and we could have the same conversation, and it's just smoke and mirrors, you know. But, but when I, I look at what Ashley does, I can see her as somebody that has to deal with that stuff on a daily basis because it's her job. Like maybe she's not a part of the system, but she's like a hamster on the wheel of the system. And that's the way I like to interview her as her being the hamster on the wheel. It'd be an absolute amazing um, uh, interview, I reckon, because the smoke and mirrors thing, like the, the FBI, it's been so watered down now. You talk, you, you say you're an ex-FBI agent and it means nothing anymore. Right. You could just be someone doing paperwork. Uh, 25 <laughs> years and she retired, which isn't long. Isn't that long really? But uh, yeah, we don't know what she did, but. She's now in a circuit. She has a she has a manager who books her these gigs. That's exactly what it is. I've seen her on you know uh, YouTube podcasts. I've seen her everywhere, you know, because people want to keep talking about this Idaho Four issue when almost we're in a basically a holding pattern, and and it's almost silly the stuff that they keep bringing up and talking about. I mean, there is some information. Uh, but there's things that they keep going over that just doesn't make any sense, and they have to act like it's important. And quite frankly, just watching it, I'm kind of embarrassed. It's more smoke and mirrors. Yeah, I'm just so glad someone of your importance is saying it. I don't know if I'm important, but I got a question for you. How's your bread sacking mm-hmm. story coming along? No, I, I refuse that offer. What? Um, doing the um, no, no. Sorry, I refuse that. I take that back. We got uh, we got about what? You got two more days left. You got to turn your assignment in for the bread sacking right there, the twenty eighth. Oh, sorry, I thought you were talking about something else. Yeah, I'm having so much. Oh, you give me great advice, great ways to start, finish, and what to write about, I've started, um, I'll get it in. All right. I can't wait to hear it. It's going to be interesting. You know, I think that writers that start at a late age uh, have a whole lot more information than people that start writing in their 20s. That's just my my opinion. A bit more well-rounded. and Yeah, I want to know what it's like buying a sack of bread there in Australia. 
Okay. Okay, I'll do it. I'll get it finished. Yeah, especially, you know, whatever whatever decade or whatever the circumstances surrounding the sack of bread is, I'd like to hear about it, you know. You won't believe what from the seventies. From the seventies? Yeah. In Adelaide, South Australia. Now now who seriously though, who wouldn't want to read about that? It's like people you know, buying a sack of bread in Adelaide, Australia in the seventies. <laughs> so you hear that and you're like, What? What's going on with that? okay, I've I've gotta read that, you know. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. You might, you might be laughing. Okay, mate. Thank you. I appreciate you calling in. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, Grant. Thank you, Jerry. You're a delight. See you, mate. That was Grant, everybody. Thank you very much. Uh, somebody called while I was on the phone with him. If you'd like to call back, I would love to have a conversation with you. That's what this show is about. It's a talk show. I'm giving you guys more than an hour. We had technical difficulties before. I'm sorry about that. Uh, For those of you that are Midnight Riders, we are having the Riders Workshop in the Discord. In the Discord, if you've not joined the Discord yet, you're Midnight Rider, you're certainly something you need to do, and you're welcome to do so. We're going to hold it in the Discord. There's an event there. You can go ahead and sign up for the event. It's in the upper left-hand corner of the Discord. Um, We're holding it in there. And I'm recording it, and then I'm going to put the video up for it on our YouTube page, available only to Midnight Riders, okay? And you're going to share your story with me, and I'm going to share my story with you, and then I'm going to show you what, you were supposed, what you've learned from what you've wrote. It might surprise you. That is on the 28th at 5 p.m. That's where I have the Riders Workshop. All right. Somebody called in, and let's see if you left a message. Midnight caller line, this is Jerry. Who am I speaking with? What up, Jerry? This is your boy, Boss. Hey, Boss. What's going on now? Not much, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. I think you had, I think you had some interesting points you were making in the chat room about the conflict of interest. You want to talk about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if it will be a conflict of interest because when she was hired for Zana's or when she was retained for, for Zana's, um, Zana's mother, that was in Kootenai County. And, you know, she recluses herself and this particular case is in a whole separate County. I'm not an attorney and I don't know exactly how they work, but I would think that since it's within a different County, I would think that there would be no conflict of interest any further. That's a good point. Also, she's a fugitive right now, right? Yeah, in two separate counties. And I think she's justifying it saying like, oh, I'm fearing for my life. And I don't feel like she's playing that game. Like, oh, it's not fair. I should have to go turn myself in, you know, because this conflict of interest. It's like, no, take care of your legal problems first and then put your feelings second. Um, Where did you hear that at? Was that from the full Banfield interview? Or is she going on other podcasts um, too? No, I saw it on some paperwork. Oh, okay. Uh, 
I saw it on some paperwork this morning. Um, I can't remember what it was that I was skimming through, but I actually seen where she's uh, wanted out of Ness Pierce County and she's wanted out of Kootenai County as well. Okay. And she should have representation when, when Ann Taylor re- 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 recused herself of um, the case, they appointed another attorney to her. So she's not without representation. Okay, good. I think there's also an issue there because she's on the run. She's an outlaw right now. It's not like they have an easy access to talk with her and let her know that, hey, we need you to sign this paperwork so I'm not going to be your lawyer anymore. It's not like she could sign it, and she did have the power of attorney. So I do think there would be case there for her to be able to drop her client because her client is a fugitive and isn't talking to officials. Yeah, and even uh, Ashley Banfield might want to be careful too because I'm, I'm almost thinking that could almost be aiding and abetting a fugitive um, by hosting um, oh, I see that interview saying. with her, normally, knowing that she's a fugitive. Normally it wouldn't be, but because of what you said, that would that maybe could be considered aiding and abetting because it's putting out her her narrative that she wants so she can get out of trouble for being a fugitive. Right, right. It's you know, not just and a regular it, interview. Yeah, and if she's getting paid for it too, that that could really create a really big problem. You know, I thought you know? I thought about that and and um I don't think news I don't know uh, and maybe they do, but I know the main agencies do not pay for interviews. They pay for footage, but not for interviews. I don't know if uh, News Nation does or not. I know that I can, and sometimes I do. Um, and then I thought, oh, crap. And do you know if she's being interviewed by other podcasters or people, personalities there on YouTube? Not that I'm aware of. Good. I, I, I haven't seen it yet. Uh, um, but, but, yeah, they both really need to be careful because the courts are also going to take that interview into consideration, too. You know, they, they don't care what your story is. It's turn yourself in and then tell your story. You know, and if, if they see that she's, you know, going on nationwide media um, doing these interviews, knowing that she's a fugitive out of two separate counties, um, yeah, that, that, that could create a lot of problems. They might not show any leniency. Um, now, you know me, I always got some conspiracy theories, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what I want to hear. Matter of fact, I I knew I knew that you had some, and I wanted to hear it. And also, uh, Cindy, Cindy, she's in here. She has uh, conspiracy theories. I want to hear too. So, what do you got for us? I want to hear some crazy stuff. I, I think honestly, all this is just a big setup. To whereas people have to remember, like I said, I personally know how Idaho conducts themselves from the top to the bottom, <laughs> and from both sides. And they are, Idaho is for themselves. They're not really too much of a divided state. It's either it leans really far right or it doesn't, you know? And so smoke and mirrors, this illusion that this lady is going to represent this person. Now we don't know what Brian had told his attorney, you know, especially with attorney client privileges. He probably has told her some information, 
the state is only look. The state isn't. This dude is not going to walk free. Idaho's not going to let this person walk free. So I, I'm almost thinking that they did this knowing that this conflict of interest would come, and that whatever information Ann Taylor can get, regardless of client privilege and all that type of stuff, I think they're just doing this so that they can have a slam dunk case. Honestly, in, in my opinion, I think I think it's just. They knew what they were doing. They 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 knew that she had represented Zana's mother before. They they knew all these things. You know, I don't so see. I'm, I'm I'm looking at what kind of information could she possibly get from Zana's mother that would help Brian's case? N- nothing really. I don't think it works in that way. I'm I'm thinking more like what information could she give? could she get from Brian and then say she gets dismissed from the case and then she goes to the prosecuting people like, Hey, well, Brian did say this and Brian did say that, you know, but don't tell them that I told you this. Um, oh, and then I see. they got something else. Ah, that is, I got you. See you. What I'm saying? So, so they can yeah. do it to, right. You're exactly right. Okay. So they could use this to. Yeah. Yeah, because why else would they have sent her to a whole different county? I know Latah County is a little bit smaller, but there has to be someone that is qualified within that county, um, especially with the university being there and, and all that, that, that could have been equally as qualified to take this case. I think they knew what they did. Idaho is an all-for-one, one-for-all type of state. It might look like there's a prosecution and a def- defense, but in Idaho they all work with each other for the same common goal. I think you're right. You know what I mean? That's definitely yeah, something so to look that, at. That's just, yeah, that that's my take on it. And then I'm still going to just solidify my opinion about the whole damn thing. It's either Brian had an accomplice with him or he didn't do it at all. You know, and if he didn't do it at all, I, I still say that it was those two cops from the Banfield. Putting a pin in what you said last time, I'm taking it out. You said you thought that the crime happened within six minutes. You remember that? It, it, say again, it kind of cut out. I, I didn't hear that last word. The said. last time I talked to you, you said that you thought that the crime happened in six minutes. Isn't it funny like how all these, I've been hearing all these people say that after that. After you said that, I've been hearing that, yeah. And they said that that was the time it took in the timeline. Which, I mean, six minutes for that, I mean, six minutes for what, four people, that's a lot. Yeah, I mean, mean, think about it, man. It's fast, but I think you're right. we, we, We pretty much know that there was one person at least minimally awake in each one of the the victim's rooms that was awake. Uh, According to Dylan, she heard Kaylee upstairs and she even heard Kaylee say something. According to everything that we know of, Zana was up and she had the food and 412, she she was last on TikTok. Now, come on, man. A dude comes in your room and say your roommate or your mate is laying next to you. Dude, you're going to be screaming soprano, dude. You're going to be, you might even be kicked in like, get your punk ass up. Help me fight this motherfucker. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, it's just, I'm trying to fathom this shit in my head and and how that it didn't wake up the whole neighborhood. You you know, like in in one of those uh, body cam videos, one of those cops, he easily says, he says, oh yeah, they're in a, a bowl here. So all sounds resonate sort of like an amphitheater. 
Exactly. You, you know? Yeah. It's just, there, there, there's, there's, there's something rotten in Denmark. And I, I can't quite put my finger on it, but I, I just. So are, one, you, are you leaning towards the accomplice theory? I'm stuck in the middle, honestly. I'm 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 looking at it like he either has an accomplice or or it it, it was some other entity that did this. What other enti- entity that you think? Let's put it out there. Oh man, it's those undercover cops with the night vision oh, right. uh video. Like, you know, there was just there was there was too many gauntlets this guy had to go through that just doesn't it's like, come on, man. You you drive by, you see these undercover cops messing with these kids. Dude, you, you, you know, there's a, a, a ring cam there. Um, there's five cars parked out in front. Like, there's no way. And then if you were that damn comfortable and that damn smooth up in that house, he would have had to notice before he left the crime scene that he forgot his knife sheath. Why not just go back up in there just like how you just did? Why not just go back up in there when you came back to the crime scene at nine o'clock and when you noticed that there was no authorities there to get your sheet? I think it's really important that we get that video footage of when Moscow Police Department pulled him over on August 21st. I think that is one of the most important things that we as the spectators can, can view right now. He looked, he looked scared to death. He, really he, he should be. I oh, mean, yeah. he, he's, he's in a good place right now. He's in Moscow. You know, I've been in them little old cells. They're not a big cell. You're in there by yourself. Uh, once they get him processed into like population, like in a state prison. Yeah. His, his clock is ticking down, dude. You got Aryan nation gangs up in there. You got Sedano gangs up in there. And, and they would love, they would love to, to have them some, uh, Brian Nutbugger. They would <laughs> they would love to help him shave right now. He's having issues shaving. Man. Help him. Man, they would have a pinata party with him. You know, so um right now he's probably in one of the safest places he could be. You know, his biggest threat is probably just dealing with the COs up in there. So what do you think about the Washington no, the Washington State mother? Is that what they call her? The um the one that's uh. WSU mother. Which one? The one that was is she the, from the Drunken Turkey show? I mean, the, I thought about this because I'm, I just know that she's going to probably, if she continues to talk to people, she's going to be talking about some of the things that you're saying here tonight. I'm not really familiar with her. I'm familiar with the Drunk Turkey show. I I, I might have seen that name. Like, does she ever come into your? Um, uh, your chat group sometimes. Not that I, not that I know of. Everybody, what was her name again? I, I want to say April, but it's not April. Hmm. Yeah, I'm. I'm not really familiar with her, but yeah, there's just been a lot of weird things Kim. going on in that whole region. Her name, another death at WSU. Her name was Kim. Yeah. Okay. You want to tell us about that other death? Um, I'm not too well. I just learned about it today. I'm I'm not fully up to speed on it, but they had found a, a freshman dead in in his room a couple days ago. Um, I'm still real curious about the three deaths in northern Idaho, not too far from Coeur d'Alene, in one day. Um, I think I had shared that with you a little bit. 
you know, um, same with the Pullman situation, things that should be making more news aren't really, you know, they might flash it real quick and not say anything else about it. And it just really makes me think that, um, they know a lot more than what, what, you know, than what they're telling us. How could this death at WSU be related though? I know people are talking about it like it is, but it makes me wonder. I, well, to be honest with you, there's a huge fentanyl crisis going on in that area. Huge. I'm, I'm dealing with it personally with, you know, some of my own family members. Like, it's it's not just fentanyl. It's it's the heroin. It's coke. It's 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 meth, and it's a big problem in this region. A big problem. And um, I'm I'm just thinking that somewhere that drugs is the root problem of of, of a lot of these things that's going on in that region. I think you're right. There was a hit and run right outside of Brian's apartment, and that was from a sorority member a female sorority member that was driving under the influence and did a hit and run. Yeah. And then, you know, how the WSU uh, police force sniped that other dude out. Um, You know, it's just, just for a college town, that's a lot of activity, especially like where these particular college towns are at. They're in the middle of nowhere. Like Spokane is in the middle of nowhere. Coeur d'Alene is in the middle of nowhere relatively speaking, but Moscow and Pullman, like, dude, are really in the middle of nowhere. You know, you, you have to take some country roads about an hour and a half from, you know, Spokane, which the population there is about 400,000 just to get to these little tiny country towns. And, um, yeah, every day, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm subscribed to every news channel in that area, and every day I'm seeing huge fentanyl busts. Huge fentanyl bust in Pullman, in Yakima, in Spokane, Coeur d'Alene, Post Falls, um, every day. And it's not like a bust like, oh, today's news, uh, Jimmy James got pulled over with the ounce of this. No, they're pulling out kilos, kilos of this stuff. So I, I'm thinking that drugs is is one of the root problems for what's really going on in this region. So somebody in the chat room had a good point. They said uh, the drug use isn't related to the Idaho 4 murder. No, it's not, but I do want you guys to check this out. You, th- you say it's not involved, but look at it this way. The chief, when he was talking about this being the only murder in seven years, I felt the impression like he was trying to give me the impression of this is a safe place where these things don't happen. Matter of fact, that's what the newspaper said. It's fact that according to the people who... Uh, were involved in this tragedy and their lives were taken this was a party house they partied all the time they did stuff all the time this there's there's more involvement than just drinking you know and i'm not saying that they did anything like that that's not my point but i feel like they're making this place seem safer than it is for those of you just tuning in the at washington state university there was a death of a freshman who was found dead in his dorm room last sunday now they haven't uh, released why he was dead yet but he was found dead and they say that foul play is not suspected we don't know if it was an overdose we don't know if somebody took their own life we don't know what it is but and, how- and you know for anybody that wants to be dead set and say that all oh, these these kids with a halo above their heads there's no way that they they could have you know been involved with drugs take this in consideration they called their friends before they called the police to that house. 
And the only reason why I could think that they would do something like that is to get something out of that house before those police come there. You know, why, why else? If you got dead bodies up in a house, why else would you call your friends before you go and dial 911? Okay, so I have a question for boss. All right, go ahead. The chat is asking if there's a rehab near that area. Um, yes, yes. Um, there are rehabs. Um, Kootenai County has a pretty good rehab program. As far as Latal County, I'm, I'm not 100% sure. Um, I'm, I'm assuming that they would since, you know, they're one of the larger municipalities in, in between Coeur d'Alene and Boise. But like Pullman definitely does. There's a big, huge mental hospital in Eastern Washington that's referred to. It's called Eastern. Um, so yeah, there's, you'll see mental health advertised in that region. Like how you might see Coca-Cola advertisement, like all the billboards, you know, they look really nice and show, you know, families, you know, pushing kids on the swings. Oh, do you have mental health? Well, call us. Um, they're, they're really big on mental health in that region. So hopefully that answers. Um, and yes, there is a methadone clinic in that area. The closest one, I've seen that somebody had asked that, the closest one that I'm aware of is Spokane County. And you have to get there like before 7 o'clock. I think it's only open from like 5 o'clock in the morning to like 7 o'clock in the morning. And um, But yeah, there's, there's definitely um, methadone treatment in that area. And if, if depending on what type of patient you are, they will let you pick it up like on a weekly basis. Like if you're a fresh addict, they, they'll want you to come in like every day um, to get your methadone. Um, but once you've like proven that you're on the path of stability, they'll just give you like a week or two uh, worth of dosage. So I think it needs to be talked about since you brought it up. Um, and, and I think that that's, you know, a good assertion or speculation. First thing that pops in my mind, why would you call the, call your sorority friends first about what to do and not yeah. the cops, not the, yeah. not an ambulance or anything like that? Because maybe, and, you know, and, and here's something else I'm kind of curious about. And I, and I, I swear I'm not trying to be facetious when I say this at all, but I'm almost wondering, you know, because that's when, when they were, interviewing the coroner and they had asked her was there sexual assault involved the coroner had said from from what i could tell that there was no sexual assault on the victims right on the on the dead victims correct um and plus keep in mind she's just a coroner she just pretty much says okay yeah these people are dead and they probably died five hours ago but we've heard very little about bethany and I'm almost wondering, could she have been a victim of sexual assault and they're not making it public to kind of um, preserve dignity, you know, with her? You know what my theory on, on her is? My theory is her family has money and has a really good lawyer. Yeah, they all, all those kids. If you come from Idaho, dude, there's really... I'm not going to say there's not poor people in Idaho, but um, mo most people in Idaho, especially if you're, you know, going to um, Moscow, you, you usually come from some type of money. 
I think that she had a family lawyer that went in there and fixed it up because you don't hear her name mentioned at all by anybody. Yeah, at all. And from the jump, you know, from the beginning. From the beginning. You know, none of this makes any sense. None of it does. And that's why I said I'm stuck in the middle. Either the dude had had an accomplice uh, to some some means, like somebody that maybe had a gun and told them, like, ah, turn around, this is a stick-up, and... You know, while he's holding them with the gun, maybe the other person comes with a knife and knifes them up. I don't know. But um, I've been through a lot. I've seen a lot. And I cannot fathom how one person in a three-level house uh, can kill four people with a knife and keep the composure of Michael Myers or, or Jason Voorhees while doing it. This is something else I've been waiting to ask you about. It's been on my list to ask you. Uh, in, in this area... In this area, they are, in this case, I haven't seen information locked down like they locked this down. And I mean before the double gag orders. I haven't seen anything locked down the way they locked it down in any other case I've ever seen in my in my 40-plus uh, years. Is that something that's typically yeah. done in this area? No, not at all. Dude, when, when they usually have a suspect, they're, they're blasting it on every news channel. Uh, be on the lookout for this person. He has uh, bushy eyebrows and dark hair. You know, we had some type of physical description of this person, and they didn't release that. And that's really um, negligent, in my opinion, for them to do. Uh, you, you, you got a straight-up killer out here. You should be giving the public as much information about the physical description of this person, you know, as possible. And then even when they learned that, you know, you know, uh, about the car, you know, they, they had held on to that information for gosh, like what, 13 days or so until they, you know, released that it was a, an Elantra and they still had that wrong. And, you know, we talked about that at the beginning. Remember at the very beginning, I'm like, bro, this don't make no sense because if it's an, a 2011 to 2013 Elantra, then that also means that it could be a, a, up to a 2016 because all those body styles are the same. You know, so I, I think, you know, Moscow, they, they know something. Uh, I, you know, I, I, um, I, I just can't help but to think that it, it, it that dude had to have an accomplice or it had to been the, the mother two bad characters that we, that we all seen video footage of. There's still and a lot of questions. my opinion about it. We all still have a lot of questions. Yeah. Is there anything yeah. else you want to talk about? Um, you know, just like I said, I, I really think it's important to get video footage of that police interaction because that knife sheath situation doesn't make sense to me either. It's like if they found that knife sheath laying underneath Maddie's body in a bed where two stabbed up bodies are soaking with blood, um, I would think that Maddie's um, DNA would damn near dominate that sheath and that there might even been more other DNA, you know, especially if other gentlemen had laid in that bed with her or her, her other friends, you know, like I said, this, the DNA that they got off this knife sheath is touch DNA. It's not like it's from sweat or, you know, from blood of him or, um, it's just something's really funny about that knife sheath and it doesn't make any sense to me, uh, on the law side, especially, you know, somebody had went through that um, affidavit really well and, you know, really kind of broke it down to where those 
first arriving officers, not the arriving officers, but the ones that showed up at four, they didn't notice the knife sheath at first. You know, if you listen to the language, what they're saying, they're like, oh, yeah, upon further investigation of looking at somebody else's uh, body cam footage, that's when we later on noticed that there was a knife sheath. And, um, mm, something rotten in Denmark, uh, Mr. Adams. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to talk about that we haven't covered that I haven't asked? Nah, man, I, I, I think I chewed the fat long enough. Uh, it's always a pleasure uh, coming on your show. Uh, you have some of the, the, the greatest viewers. It's a pleasure hearing this midnight's voice. Um, you know, God bless you all. You know, I appreciate you calling in and Hey, how about you guys give boss a thumbs up, a like for that, for calling in, man, actually better yet. Give a <laughs> midnight, a, a big old, like, uh, you know, everybody get a, you know, go ahead and touch that like button. <laughs> But yeah, y'all have a good night, man. And uh, thank you once again for giving me the platform to get up here and speak my opinion because it's all speculation and opinion, right? That's right. It's all speculation and opinion. And what do we do? Just like I said, we put a pin in it. We bring it back later and we get more information, guys. That's what we're about here. All right. Thank you. That's right. All right, bro. This is a midnight caller line. This is Jerry speaking. Who am I speaking with? Hi, Jerry. It's Lil J. Hey, what is up? I made it through. You did. What do you have for us today? Well, um, while I've been absent, I have been working. Yay, got a job. Awesome. And been missing your show, but I see in the chat that you've been busy too, so congratulations. Way to go. Thank you. I've also been watching some of the other shows that I'm going on, and before you, I had never ever listen to a psychic or tarot card or anything like that was never interested in it and so in the last what how long many weeks have we been looking at this case lots many all of this in my brain is like a file it logs information in order and all of these different shows have kind of all fallen together and uh, I want to email you and send you my theory so you can just choose if you want to talk about it or not. But it just sounds very credible that uh, something was going on. The people that came over to help clean up, um, stuff's coming out about that. What kind of stuff's coming out about that? Why don't you just tell me here? You sure? Sure, why not? Okay, I'm so nervous. You make me so nervous. Um, so this is not coming from me. This is what I have this is what heard you, through the grapevine. This is what you heard right. through the grapevine. This is a wild-ass speculation, a wild-ass theory. We're just going to discuss it to see what it is. That's all. Right. Yes. So several different people in different mediums, in different ways, have all come to the same uh notion that there is uh, someone orchestrating everything that's been happening and that there's more than just one person involved. And the reason that that guy in front of the judge is so confident is because he thinks he's got, you know, he's got a sure way out. 
somebody has convinced him that he's not going to have any problem because he didn't pull, do everything. And you think that's going to want to, Oh, this is what you heard. Okay. That's right. And they think, well, I think that he is, is showing signs to me that he's wanting to get caught because he'll turn around and say, that's idiotic. I'm a, I study this. Why would I want to be caught? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what these other people are talking about, um, if you talk to women who have women's intuition, it is real. <laughs> and I, from the very get-go, I've just had, I've just had this, <clears throat> uh, I don't care how drunk people are that age, when something's going on, when she said she heard, there's someone in the house, well, I think that was deflective. How convenient. All right, I'm not following you. When she said there's somebody oh. in the house. I don't, it's I'm not that I disagree with you. A well-orchestrated strategy that puts in all these things that just wouldn't happen. Oh, it's a well-orchestrated strategy on Nothing Burger's part. Of chaos of all ends, from all ends, because previously I told you that I believe that there is satanic hand in this because of, I used to live there. I know Moscow. I know Moscow. <laughs> so, um, so you believe there, there may very, be... Very, you believe there may be a satanic hand in this, yet you never uh, followed anything or knew anything about psychics before you watched my show? No. Okay. Oh, you're on. Sorry, I was on the... Where to go? My daughter is at the door, sorry. All right. But um, the details that I keep wanting to convey to you is that I do think that the um, frat guys are part of the cleanup crew, and I think that the dog hair is what's going to do them in. I told you that before. Oh, I think so too. And wouldn't that be a yeah. good good thing? I mean, not, it, it'd be a good thing for them to have some solid evidence. That looks like it could be some solid evidence, and it's that little dog finally being able to help his owner. You know, exactly. That's God. <laughs> Well, I'm just going to go. My daughter's here, but just really wanted to congratulate you on all of your advancements and and your new strategies and and letting people speak out. Thank you for letting me call. Thank you. Thank you very much for calling. I appreciate the phone call. You have a good evening. Yeah, love your show. Bye-bye. If anybody else would like to call in, the phone number is 325-261-0892. There's a whole lot of y'all that didn't win a hat yesterday, but there's one of you who did. She did contact me. We'll be getting that hat out within the next 24 hours. Uh, Do we have, is Campbelltown in the house wondering if she got her hat? Hey, Susan, Susan's saying hello. Everybody say hello to Susan Bennett, everybody. Um, If you are listening to me on Spotify right now, within the sound of my voice, you guys have your own contest for the hat. And if you're listening to me now, and no one's won the hat, 
then you guys need to enter for the hat. If you're listening on Spotify, right there in the comments section, I want the hat and choose a number between one and 160. That is one in 160. One in 160. One in 160. If we do another, if we do another hat contest, I'll be doing one through 200. It's going to be a while before we do another one. I'm still a little salty from last time. One, it'll be one between 200, but now it's one between 160 for those in Spotify. All right. I know a lot of you guys were calling in when I was on the phone with other people. I'd love to hear you guys. So go ahead and call me now and we can talk about these situations. We'll stay here as long as we have you guys calling. We did have some technical difficulties at first, but that's just what happens when we do a live show. Um, I really don't like those technical difficulties. So as soon as the live is over, I'm going to pull it down and I'm going to edit that first part out. So we'll just go right into the good stuff. Susan A tried to call. Well, call, call me back. Call me back. Hello, everybody. I'd like to introduce Electra. She is one of the midnight radio DJs. Uh, say hello, Electra. She'll be starting soon. We're working on the background after this live. I'm going to do a video for the DJs of how to get started. So that is going to be out tonight. All right. So here I am waiting for phone calls. Nobody's calling me. Oh, don't make me play this. I think it's probably too late to call. Well, I don't want to force anybody to call. All right, let me go check my voicemail messages because I know a bunch of you guys called earlier. And I got it right here. So pulling that up. And do you have anything you wanted to add, Mrs. Midnight? Mm. You're thinking? Yeah. All right. Nope, I don't have any. I've got nothing. All right. In case then nobody has anything they want to talk about. Ashley, I'm just going to play this Ashley clip. Over. For watching. Thank you, Ashley. Here, see. Oh. Midnight caller line. This is Jerry. Who am I speaking with? Hello. Oh, sorry. This, my phone was muted. Uh, this is Susan. I, could I don't tell. know how to use my phone. <laughs> I think that um, my opinions are better used will be better for tomorrow. Everybody wants to hear me, but it's too late. I, I need at least like a whole segment. <laughs> a whole segment? Yeah, I just need a whole segment. I've got all these post-it notes everywhere. It's like crazy so i i feel like maybe tomorrow well if you were going to shoot off the cuff what would you say 
I would say that Banfield is on my shit list. <clears throat> Why is can I that? Say that? Yeah, you can say that. Oh wait, here, let okay. me bleep it out. All right, so. <laughs> Why? Why are you saying that? I uh, saw. Was that you that said that in the chat room? I I, I thought. Well, that's an interesting comment. Is it because of me uh, and her's relationship? I think a lot of people. What? Go ahead. So, so why that, is she on your uh, list? Uh, I think she's playing fast and loose with the facts and exploiting um someone who's grieving and doesn't understand the justice system. Okay, so Quite you frankly. you had a lot of empathy for for Zana's mother. You voiced um, that. No, no, I mean, I do, but uh, I just I don't think she understands the justice system. I, I'm not necessarily, you know, she needs to show up for her hearing, get her own attorney. And go in there. She she said she's gonna fight. Or the I don't know. Ashley was like, uh, "Are you gonna fight it or something like that?" And she's like, "Yeah," and and I'm pretty sure that she gave her that idea. Like she cannot fight that. That she can't fight the fact that. Um, she has a new public defender. What's she going to do? Good point. Anybody? No? Nothing? Well, we don't know right See, now because what... she, she is outside of the process of law right now. That is what being a fugitive means. So nobody can answer anything <laughs> because she's outside of it and there's uh, extra circumstances that happened because she's that way right now. So it's not like she could be notified and say, Hey, sign this. No, she's, she's exactly. Gone. But I mean, she has, she can call into Ashley Danfield. She has the time to do that. I don't think she called into, well, I mean, they talked obviously, but I think that, and I think she expressed this in the full interview that the news reporters have her phone number and we're contacting her. So Ashley so- and them contacted her. And you feel like Ashley and them are exploiting her. I do. For views, which I mean. Okay, so can I voice I, an opinion no, about I, this? Yeah, go ahead. Yes. I honestly had no clue who Ashley Banfield even was before my husband started talking about her on his show. Oh. So I don't even follow news <clears throat> outlets and stuff. I'm in trouble now. But. I think that all news outlets are an entertainment industry. Every single one of them exploits people and it's for views and it's for clout and it's not real. Like back in the day, like the news, there were rules that they had to be impartial and just report the news. It hasn't been that way for a very long time. And I think some news outlets are, they don't hide it as much and they're more blatant about it, but I still feel like all news in this day and age is a portion of the entertainment industry and isn't actually fair and impartial. Even what I do? You're not a news outlet. You're a YouTuber. I like, 
I liked what Hot Ham Radio said. She uh, compared News Nation to Radar Online or TMZ or something like that, which is, is absolutely true. It, it News Nation is where like the journalists that, and I'm stealing this from her, uh, where the journalists who failed go to. Uh, News Nation, basically. They get their own shows there. Cuomo now has his own show on News Nation. I, this, I mean, I wanted to talk about, I was going to talk about the mom, but um, maybe I'll call back tomorrow. I, like, I agree uh, with some people, though, like with the mom's case. Yeah, if she was given a new lawyer, then she has nothing to complain about because that eliminates any any kind of conflict of interest. And I don't feel like technically there would be one anyway, but even the moral part, if she was assigned somebody else, then there's no longer any issue because it's not the same lawyer. And for it to be like a technical conflict of interest, that would be like if she had a wrongful death suit against Brian Koberger or something and the same exactly. lawyer that covered him in the criminal case was covering her in the civil case then that would be a technical conflict of interest or if she had information on the murder she was going to testify if she had already told um uh if she had already told her attorney things about the murder you know obviously none of those things happened it appeared that she was trying to help her get into rehab. Mm -hmm. So hopefully the new public defender will do that. Yeah. And if she comes in and goes to, you know, her hearing, then she can get started on that. Yeah. Uh, I think that the whole, the whole thing, uh, I, I mean, I had never seen anything so disgusting that interview to me. Yeah. Quite, uh, I mean, it was like, okay, Ashley Banfield was leading her and, uh, and she what she knew what she wanted her to say. And then the mom, this, you know, poor woman who's grieving, you know, she doesn't understand the justice system. It appeared in the interview, it appeared she did not understand the justice system. I mean, to, to a point, I don't know, um, just by her answers, what she said, you know, like, no, I haven't talked to the police. Well, you know, why, why would you be talking to the police at this point? You know, like, no, I haven't, um, no, like I said, no, I'm going to fight this. She can't fight it. There's nothing to fight. She's going to get a new lawyer, and that's that. I mean, what's the problem? Yeah. The, problem, the only problem that I see is that Ashley, she's on Ashley Banfield um, talking about all of these things and making a bit, you know, a big deal about it and making people dislike the public defender and it's like, you know, everywhere because people want to make new stories about this 
particular Idaho murder, which is tragic and awful. And I feel for this mother. And, you know, I, I, I'm not trying to paint her as someone, um, you know, who is uneducated and, and, you know, down in the dumps or anything like that. It's, uh, you know, I, I feel really bad for her and I, I, I would help her if I could, you know, like, I think it, she looks like she, it sounded like she wanted to get help. Um, maybe she's scared. Maybe she's not ready. You know, uh, she's got a lot of serious charges going on and, uh, that's very sad. And I, I mean, but there's just, there were too many problems going on in that interview. That's just my opinion. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like, like I said, it's like, it's the stuff that goes on on those news outlets is not cool, but at the same time, it's kind of the industry. It's like, well, Ashley Banfield, might do things that aren't cool but she's doing her job because the industry just the whole thing kind of sucks and I do feel bad for that mom I mean I'm kind of torn because she she made her own choices in her life but at the same time she did lose her daughter no matter what the relationship with the daughter was she did lose her daughter and she's struggling right yeah I agree it's it yeah it's very like uh, it's very hard. I, I feel you. I totally understand. Yes. Yeah. And, and I agree with you about, um, I'm not going to give Ashley Banfield here a pass though. I, I, yeah. well, see, you know, I'm, I like, I'm not coming from a point of being a fan because like I said, I didn't even know who she was until <laughs> like a couple of months ago. So it's like, I'm just going off. The fact that I feel like all the news is just kind of for views these days instead of accuracy. I I mean I I agree. I don't watch a lot of news. I, I mean, obviously, I can't even get to a a point half the time on on this channel. And yet, you still so, try. Thank I, you for calling. I just I struggle. Oh. Okay. All Appreciate right. It. Yeah, I'll talk to you later. You said you were calling tomorrow, but I don't know. I was going to call. Well, you pulled me into a conversation. That's what, what happens. Do you want? That's, that's the whole point of the show. Are, are you arguing with me? I'm agreeing, really? agreeing with you. R- really? Okay. I need some Oscar music so I can play. Mm, right. Oscar's music. You haven't been drinking tonight, have you? Wanted to ask. I so people ask. I decline to answer. (laughs) All right, thank you very much. (laughs) Thank you very much. I'll talk to you later. All right, bye. Uh, We had about three calls while she's calling. I don't have the voicemail up. I don't have the voicemail line open right now. I can take a couple more calls if you guys have something you wanted to say. Somebody in the chat room. 
who was asking, what's the proof that she's a fugitive? If anybody could help me out with that, I'd appreciate it. I told her I would put a link to the paperwork up or a link to the information in the description after the show. So if you guys could help me with that link or the story about that from a you know reliable news source, I'd appreciate that. I know some of you have seen it. There were a bunch of you that called while I was on the phone call. I want to give you an opportunity to call right now. One of the people that called and didn't get through earlier was Cindy. I'm giving her a chance to call me right now. I need to have commercials for this. All right, there we go. Midnight caller line. This is Jerry. Who am I speaking with? Hey, Jerry. Hello. You can you hear me? I hear you. Who is this? This is Cindy. I thought so, but I wasn't quite sure. All right. I've been waiting yeah. to speak with you. Well, I won't make it very long. I've been very under the weather um, with a cold, so I still got a lot of, like, snotty nose and junk going on. But um, I'm going to email you some things because um, I'm still going down my same path. But there's also a really big spin that's a possibility to help understand Brian Cooper more. Um, not saying he's innocent. Don't everybody in the chat room freak. They doubt about that, but um, there's some things that just I've come across, excuse me, in some of my studies when I was doing social work for years, but um, anyway, I happened to be listening to somebody else that made some really good points um, that could identify with him and then maybe to a strategy of what's going on with this case, but, you know, because I'm still going down my direction of some corrupt law enforcement, which Anybody can pull that up because uh, recently, well, it was recently after, not recently now, but after the incident, uh, Chief Gary Jenkins, is, I think his name, the Pullman Chief, supposedly resigned, but then there is the article you can, you can Google and find it. Um, I got it from the docket um, online on YouTube. You can go to the docket and they have all kinds of records and documents that you can get. Um, that he was involved in some kind of um, promiscuous type incidences with younger college age people, and the fact that um, Dawn, hey, what's her last name? Starts with a D. Anyway, she down in the past was also given a free ride on on some incidents with where um, an other officer was fired and she was not, and then she's got her way promoted on up. And she's actually one that signed the uh, search warrant for Brian's <clears throat> apartment. So there's a lot of there's a lot of shady deals going on up there. Um, and, but you know me, I'm still on that same rabbit hole. Um, but I've got I do have some links to send you and some documents to send you. It's just I've been trying to work between battling the cold work, and I, I've, I've kind of listened to you, but I haven't really commented very much. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm feeling better, so as soon as I can 
maybe by maybe by Saturday I can shoot you an email with you know a little bit more of the detail and some of the documents and links in there for you to look at, and then maybe when even next week I can get with you and I can talk a little bit better. All right. But uh, yeah, with Brian, yeah, I think that there's, uh, I think you'll see my point, but I really do think it, it is a form of mental health. He, he, he does have some issues and I'll describe that more in there, but it's not in fact trying to take up for him. He's very, very smart. It, it's just that I believe he's got some mental issues that maybe he put a little bit too much trust in somebody and. I saw in chat earlier, somebody said they thought that he was their sucker, and that's kind of what I'm feeling, too, um, just from how he always seemed to want friends but always got rejected, and, you know, he wanted to be on that uh, can- uh, the campus secure whatever program and got rejected, supposedly, whatever, but that's all some symptoms that goes along with some things I found. So I want to send all that to you, and then I just, kind of linking all that in how he could have wound up being a patsy in a way even though he still would have been party to it so it's not saying he's innocent you know what i mean i'm sorry you haven't been feeling but, well yeah. we did notice yeah, you haven't well, been around it's just, yeah it was just crazy georgia weather um we'll have it be 71 day and then 30 the next and we've been having a lot of storms and a lot of rain and I, it's just kind of got my grandkids and i had to keep one and then I got it from her, I guess. <laughs> so, well, just go I'm, on the men, I'm on the men. Yeah. Just when you, but when, I did want to call. I appreciate it. When you can, <laughs> just send me those emails, like you said, and maybe when when you feel better, you can call in. We'll go over them again like we did last time so we can get an update on where you think things are now. Yeah, because, I mean, this is not – I'm about to the point on my end. I, I found so much documentation, and I feel like saying, hey, you know – I'm not a conspiracy. I need some more conspiracy theories because so far they've all come true. I've, I've heard that saying somewhere. But, um, you know, I do, I have documentation that will back up what I'm saying. And it kind of goes along with, like I said, that gut feeling I've had all along that this is bigger than just him stalking some pretty girls. I mean, and, and, drug use and this and that i mean I, I do think that there's a lot more involved in it well what made me interesting what what made <laughs> me think about you again and i was calling for you for the last couple episodes is it seemed to me like the washington state mother the ones i can't even remember her name i can't remember kim. First, kim why can't i remember the name kim i'm glad my wife's not named kim mm-hmm. but uh mm-hmm. i can never remember <laughs> but it seemed like she was going off exactly the things that you talked about last time you were on. And of course we put out all your well, notes. The, well, that's the thing. I, and I don't just call, I don't call in. I mean, I have to say I'm speculating because I am, you know, just because there's documentation there, you know, we've all seen fake news before. So, you know, I'm not saying it's a hundred percent, but when I, when I get it actually from the docket, which does provide, um, stuff that comes out of the Washington State or, or Pullman Police Department and these things have happened, then it makes you start questioning, well, you know, you know, why is this man fired? This black officer got fired, but Don didn't get fired and I did the same thing. And then later, you know, Gary Jenkins, the chief, is supposedly retiring, but then there's an article where he was accused of this 
just unsavory, I'll say that, relationships with some younger people. And um, now he and he was the one that actually did an interview, and, and the email is also there now between him and Brian Koberger. Um, he's the one that talked to Brian about that program, and was, they were on a first-name basis. So, I mean, it's a lot of things that there is documentation. You just got to put it all together and then try to figure it out. You know what I'm saying? Um, but, you know, that and then oh, on top of it, the, the clerk of court in Pullman is Chief Fry's wife. So, you know, you got that going on, too. She got inside scoop in the courts over there in Pullman. <laughs> so... Uh, I don't know. Anyway, I will send you all the links though, and everything, and um, and I'll uh, you know I'll call back in after you've had time to look them over. You can shoot me an email, and um, we'll get back together on them. All right, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm well, I just want to respond because yeah, oh, I'm where I'm 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 a lot better doing my honey lemon and tea, so I'm I'm doing a lot better. But I just saw where you mentioned a couple times. I said, let me just call real quick. I'm still alive. Six, six, five, and alive. So that's a good thing. But you guys, um, you know, keep up. Everybody, everybody just keep doing what you're doing. You know, it's okay to speculate. It's okay to have an opinion. It's okay to agree to disagree. Um, I just really think that we're being told a narrative right now that they're wanting told. And I think there's a there is more to it. You know, whether it be drugs or not, whether it be police involved or not, there's more to this story. And we're all together going to put our minds together and we're going to solve this thing. All right. Thank you very much. We'll get together soon. All right, darling. I'll talk to y'all later. Have a good evening. Cindy Herring, everybody. We're going to talk to her later. The phone line is not open now. That's why you guys can't come in. Because it's time to end the show. I'd like to thank you all for joining in. If you would like to know about becoming a member, click the join button. You can find out about that. I'll tell you a bit about it. Four ninety nine is two ninety nine is if you just want to support us. Four ninety nine is if is the Midnighter group is if you want to join our Discord, get ex- exclusive videos, exclusive content, and then there's $9.99 a month. That is for the writing class that we do. So if you're interested in doing that, check out Join, and you'll check that out. We also have DJs, which Electra is one. She's down there. Where the other guys are. I'll be posting some information for you in the DJ part of the Discord. Again, if you want to join our Discord, you can do that by becoming a member, uh, level two to level three. Or if you are, if you're in our our podcast and you subscribe to it in uh is it spotify you can get a membership there for 4.99 and you can join our discord there we do have people from dis on discord from from the uh podcast only so you can do that i want to say good night to everybody uh miss midnight do you want to say goodbye to everybody it was good talking to everybody are you ever going to come back after this maybe not every time, though. Not every time. You're not going to be a permanent fixture. Oh, darn. <laughs> I'm sorry you found out about me and Ashley. Thank you, guys. Until next time, all my best.
Shout out to everybody that called in. I really appreciate it. I would stay here all night, but I have other obligations with the DJs. And I'll give you more information about our online radio stream 